Hey there, studio owner. You've put your blood, sweat, and tears into creating a brick and mortar business that serves your clients and impacts the community you love. You are my hero. And I'm pretty sure we could sit down and talk like besties do because I get it. I've had my studio business for over 12 years, a handful of kids, and a few passion projects that I love. Like this one. Hey there, I'm Melissa Rose, your visibility coach for the studio owner who wants more stellar clients coming through their doors, more bank in their bank account, and more time to hang out and be completely present with those they love most. In this podcast, we're going to share the nitty gritty of running a successful studio business, sharing stories, talking strategy, and learning practical tips that leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to create your epic life every single day. So if you're a dance studio, yoga studio, Pilates studio, or a fitness boutique studio, you are in the right place. Add some kiddos into the mix and maybe a life partner. And I call you a rebel woman. Ready to dive in? Let's get real. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Brick and Mortar Visibility. Melissa Rose here, and I'm super excited to be here as always, because today's episode couldn't have come at a better time. You guys, I have been um, in a huge sales mode when I'm recording this because we are in the transition into summer. Now, for those of you with studio businesses, you know that summer is kind of that lull in the business. So every May I get anxious and I've been in business y'all for 12 years, but every May is anxious because not only is it the end of school and I have five kids, so it's the end of school projects and end of school things and end of school, your gifts and parties and teachers and all the things it's all good. And then you add in a recital for me for many years, the weight of summer because summer is so unknown. And then you add in the past three years, right? Oh my gosh. The last three years with COVID and then 2021, which really wasn't better, right? And now we're in 2022. So what's really going to happen here? And now we're headed into a recession and with gas prices and food prices and all the things. And here is what I've learned, y'all. The road to success is always under construction. I put that on my stories and on my feed a couple weeks ago because I heard it from Steve Harvey, you guys. Steve Harvey. Um, He's got a podcast. If you are interested, he's got a podcast out and it's just little like seven to nine minute inspiration things. And it's daily. And I love it. I love it. And he said that on a podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, so, so good. Because if it's not one thing, y'all, it's another, right? It's another thing. So When I recorded this podcast, we were eyeball deep in a sales mode because in our studio business, we do a summer pass. And this has been kind of a brilliant idea, but then scary idea because we give unlimited classes for a summer pass. So it's basically you pay one fee and you take as many classes as you can and want throughout the summer in your age group. And you don't, you don't have to RSVP. You don't have to tell, tell us when you're coming, just show up and we're going to cater the class to you. So that's awesome. Right. But this year, for some reason, the sales haven't been there. So we were doing all things. We were pulling up all the stops to get people to buy. And I happened to interview Jill as we were doing this and it just gave confirmation to what we're doing was, was right and leaning into it even more. So I'm super excited. I'm not going to elaborate anymore because she gives so much information here on what we can do to get more clients in the doors 
in the right way, in the way selling is today. So grab a paper pencil. You might actually want to save this episode because there are some nuggets in here that were like huge aha moments for me. Save it so that you have it in your file to um, go back to or definitely take notes. And if you got anything, if something really resonated with you, I would love it if you would screenshot it and share it to your stories, tagging both Jill and I, uh, so that we can shout you out on our platforms. Or if you're new here or haven't left a review yet, please leave an honest rating and review on iTunes because that helps other people learn about brick and mortar visibility for studio owners. All right. Without further ado, enjoy this really, really stellar interview with Jill Morrison. Jill Morrison, thanks for joining us on the Brick and Mortar Visibility Podcast. How are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. All right. I want to, before we dive into all the business things, um, I'm super excited about this episode because I genuinely right now am in a huge sales blitz for my brick and mortar business. <laughs> and I am like selfishly want to know all the tricks because I'm like, it's a crazy time right now in yeah. my studio. So before we dive in, um, tell everybody where you're coming in from and a little bit about your personal life. Absolutely. So uh, you are coming right into my itty bitty little bitty home in Crystal, Minnesota. Um, so fun fact, which I learned from my accountant this year, is that this office space, which is comically small, is more than 10% of my entire house. So that's fantastic. And that includes the basement. So uh, yeah, yeah, you're seeing a, a lot of my house tour right now. Well, that works well for taxes. You get to yeah. write off yes, a little bit does. more. <laughs> cool. So um, uh, tell us who you are and what you do and who you serve. Yeah, yeah. Great question. So my name is Jill Morrison. I am the owner, founder, CEO. I kind of like to throw them all in there because it makes me sound very special of Be Memorable Marketing. So it's a marketing company designed to help small businesses develop marketing strategies that are the best for them, their personality, and their audience and what they're trying to tackle. Mm -hmm. I love it. How did you get into this? Like, how did you get into what you're doing? Tell us a little bit about the story and the journey. That is a great question. So when I first got out of school, so graduated in 2012 with a marketing degree, which is basically useless, especially in a recession. So there was not a whole lot of job opportunities at that point. Um, sold insurance for a few years and then got this opportunity to get more into marketing. Turns out it was still a sales position for a title company, but I had this passion about marketing and helping these realtors figure out how to best attract their audience. And title, especially after the bubble, is pretty much the same thing no matter what. So if the pricing is within $200, um, the service is basically the same. The standard closer is a 50-year-old woman. Like it is identical across the board. So how did I stand out? How do I create an experience that makes them want to stick with us? And so basically what I would do is I would sit down and we'd go through what's your goal for the year? How does that translate into your average price point, into units, into conversations, into a lead generation strategy that you're going to do? right? Because a lot right. of people don't want to cold call mm -hmm. and that's what they get pumped with, right? Like if you do a hundred calls a week, you will get this much business. Well, if you're not going to make the flipping calls, then it doesn't matter how many times you beat them over the head with it. Mm -hmm. So we would sit down and we'd go through, all right, so if you're not going to do that, what if you door knocked? What if you just wore a shirt that said, ask me about real estate to your kid's soccer game? 
Mm-hmm. Like, what if you just went out and did the stuff you will naturally do and we facilitate those conversations in a way that you'll do? Mm-hmm. So I would sit down with them. We would develop their marketing plan. And then I was like, oh, hey, by the way, you should use us for your title services. And then when I got into mortgages, it was, oh, hey, you should use us for mortgage services. And so as a result of that, I basically become a gift with purchase. If you utilize us, then you can meet with me. Even if you don't use us, I should say for RESPA qualifications, like even if you don't, you still get the service mm-hmm. if you don't want to use us. But it got down to the point where I was doing other jobs, but the stuff that was exciting me and the stuff that people were drawn to me for, I wasn't getting paid to do. Mm. So that's then fast forward to 2021. And I was like, you know what? This is, I've had enough people ask me, there's got to be a way for me to monetize this on my own. So then I branched Mm -hmm. out and I expanded it a little bit more out of real estate and into all industries at this Mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about marketing and doing it what what fits for you. Because when I coach my clients too, we talk about getting more visible. We want you to be the only option in town for your business or industry. And there's a myriad of ways you can market yourself, but it needs to be right for you. And because it all comes down to consistency. And if you're not going to do it, you know, it doesn't matter. So yes, I, I'm not, we're going to talk about this to marketing millennials, which I'm super excited about, but there's people that are like, I can't stand social media. Well then by all means, don't do it, you know, because that's not fun. And we want our life to be fun and enjoy our days. That's the thing. Like if you have the freedom, if you're running your own business based on your passion, like let's do it in a way that keeps you passionate about it. Yes. Excellent. Exactly. Nitty gritty hashtag accounting options and receipt tracking and all the other baloney that comes with it. Like Mm -hmm. let's, let's capitalize on what makes you excited. All right. So let's dive right in. So who are millennials? Great. So I would say that a lot of people have like kind of different ideas. Like there's different age brackets, right? As a new generation comes on, they kind of slide the scale a little bit. Most commonly what I hear is 1980 to 2000. Um, So that would be people born within those years, which is now the largest generation and a quarter of the U.S. population. So it is a large part of who you're going after, right? Mm -hmm. And they're at this point, that would put them, what does that make it? 42 to uh, 22. So really at those decision-making years, why was 22 the harder one for me to figure out? Like <laughs> 22 minus 2000. Like, are you- <laughs> That's okay. I, I was doing the same thing. I was like, that was so simple. It's okay. What they do though, is that they are, the primary decision makers right now. So why I like talking about it is I fall right smack dab in the middle. I was born in 1990, so I could not be more in the middle than between those. And what fascinates me the most with generations as a whole, and then specifically diving into millennials, is that our decision making for how we will have our yardstick for the rest of our lives, so the basis by which we make all other decisions is based on our experiences between the ages of 11 and 20, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you look at me specifically, because I fall right smack dab in the middle of that, I was born in September of 90, which means I turned 11 one week after 9-11. 
-hmm. So if you think of that as being the catalyst of that decision-making time and how tumultuous, uncertain, and scary that time was, it makes more sense as to why millennials are slower to buy, slower to settle down. There's a lot of uncertainty that comes with it. Also, the dot-com boost or bomb, bloom, mm -hmm. whatever the heck you want to call it. And then you fast forward to, um, I graduated from high school in 2008, which mm -hmm. was not a great time to graduate from high school, not a great time to need to access your college savings funds mm -hmm. because they didn't exist. Mm -hmm. um, but if you think about that, then we watched our friends, parents, our parents, family members either lose their job, almost lose their job, lose their home, almost lose their home. So it makes a lot more sense when you think about why they're so much slower to buy a home, why they're more apt to leave a job, why they don't see a lot with why they should stay at a job because that company could let me go tomorrow, even after 30 years with them. So that I like to focus on that part first because I think it helps you to understand how to sell to a generation which is also fascinating if you look up other generations or you start to think about how right now is going to affect Gen Z moving forward and how to plan for that. Because my goodness, you thought it was uncertain then. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. a whole new world. Right. I love when you brought this up. Um, so I saw Jill speak and that's why I wanted to bring her on the podcast because I just love the psychology of this. Like why the why? Why are people... Um, slower to buy. And um, I have my social media manager, she's a millennial and she's just so, so good with her money. And she's very, um, very, what you're going to talk about, what you're going to talk about with um, the reviews and, and research and, and hearing what other people and taking their time and where I'm a little bit more faster and um, I, I do things differently, but it's just, and I'm not that much older, but it's just different. I thought that was so fascinating. So when you can put on that hat of really looking at their history and those decision-making years, it makes sense why they do that. And especially if you look at your grandparents or your parents, like how they spend and how they buy. Oh my word, you know? No wonder grandparents use butter containers for the rest of time. Oh my gosh. Like when you didn't have money to buy Tupperware and you yeah. needed to save every leftover, of course, that became the standard. Mm -hmm. like it, it, when you look at how those moments were created, like, of course, everything of makes course. sense. I love it. I love it. So we talked a little bit about who the millennials are and why should we care in our, in our businesses and how this affects us. So can you give us some takeaways that we can uh, implement right now in our business or think about in our business when we are selling? Perfect. So I'm going to give you three. So the first one is going to be reviews. Within reviews, all right, so grab out your pen and paper, like, let's go. So you're going to need them in a couple different places. Google is the big kid on campus. You've got to have Google reviews. Honestly, if you think about when somebody refers you to go somewhere, unless, like, they have given you supreme advice always, you're always going to kind of Google the place, right, and see what the details are. And even if they gave them a rave review and you Google it and they have a 2.3 star or they don't exist – you're probably not going to go there no matter how great the testimonial was from the person you know. So reviews are huge. Google is king. You got to get there first. You got to have a Google My Business page set up. It is free. It is simple. Then I would do Facebook. 
Google's kind of being a little bit of a brat lately about reviews and there's been a lag time. So in the interim or in the interim between when you start to set up your Google My Business page and you start to get those reviews on there, Facebook. Absolutely have people review you on your Facebook page, make reviews acceptable on your Facebook page. Sometimes you have to check a box because it gets unchecked. Those will also show up on Google. So when they go to search you, that will show up there as well. If there are additional platforms that people go to find you, Realtors, Zillow, I know it's a swear word in the realtor community because nobody wants you going on Zillow. However, if that's where they're going to find you or that's where they're going to validate you, you need to have reviews there as well. If you are a uh, restaurant, Yelp is still obviously big king on a lot of stuff within um, how you search for restaurants. So I would make sure that wherever they're going to find you, you have a review there. If you're able to facilitate them through your website or through other CRM services, huge. Also, it is free content that is positive about you. So be sure to create a post about it. So you can, if you are not tech savvy at all, literally screenshot it and post it. That is great. I would crop it a little bit so it doesn't look quite so tacky, but you can do that. Or if you have Canva, it is a free website that makes web design very, 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 very simple. And it's free. Did I mention that it's free? So all you have to do is copy and paste that review on there and maybe add some stars, maybe add a background, really doesn't matter, but utilize it. Make sure that you are showcasing how wonderful you are because there's avenues for you to be able to place those in different places and make it so people find you. And if you have people talking wonderfully about you, you should utilize it. I'm like making a mental note right now because I hype this all the time and I have still yet to use mine. So jotting that down. Because oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. Shameful. Absolutely shameful. But make sure that you showcase them. Also, and this is where it gets a little icky, especially as a Minnesotan, we do the Minnesota nice, the passive aggressive, the whatever. We don't like confrontation. That's not our jam. If you get a negative review, it is almost more important that you address that one than liking and thanking the positive ones. We all know the person who squawks about nothing or finds a reason for it to be a negative experience, even though it really wasn't a negative experience. They just happen to have one. If you take the time on a negative review, thank them for it, address how you're changing, whatever it was, and encourage them to return. Whatever that looks like for your business specifically, it's incredibly important that you address them because when somebody is scrolling through and they see how you addressed a negative review, it invalidates it, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. they understand that people have bad experiences. They might've had a bug up their butt. They just didn't have a great day. That does not necessarily need to reflect on you. And if you address it, you claim the narrative, which I'm huge on, claim the narrative, make it your story, and then move forward. And then always thank the positive ones. Mm -hmm. Also kind of goes without saying, you don't have to showcase the negative ones. You mm -hmm. just need to address them on the platform where you received them and then showcase the positive ones only. So number two would be brand development. So as I mentioned before, millennials kind of get this hype for not being loyal to brands. And then I actually heard on the news this morning about our buyer habits changing 
as a country as a whole. So during COVID, we were buying products, right? We were buying things for our home, backyard spaces, new furniture, athleisure, yoga pants to size up because COVID. And we were spending a lot on goods and products. And now it's a major shift to experiences, right? Mm. Because we all just want to get the heck out of our house and go see mm. the world again. That's been a huge thing with millennials. When I originally developed my Marketing to Millennials class in 2017, it was three quarters of millennials are more apt to spend money on an experience than a product. And I would say that's even larger now and stretches beyond millennials. So how are you facilitating an experience in your brand? If you are selling any product, there's an experience attached to it and you need to develop whatever that is for you. And then in addition to that, ease of use was also very, very important for millennials. I would also argue with everybody again, right? I don't think that's specifically unique. So how do you develop a brand that is based on the experience you provide and the ease to which you provide that experience? So if that is a title closing, are you giving them that Instagram moment to take a picture in front of? Are you utilizing a neon sign in your business? Are you painting a mural that people want to take a photo of? Are you doing something cheeky and funny with your exterior sign? Are you making sure that when you send out a product through your Etsy channel that you are writing a note thanking them? Do you include a little extra that's special to you? Are you making sure that when you have a takeaway after a client meeting that it's something that they can remember you by? Making sure that you implement that next level, that experience, and make it, I'm a big one on systematizing it because it's really easy to have these big, huge ideas. And then when you have to do them on a repeatable basis, it gets cumbersome and it gets mm -hmm. missed. Mm -hmm. Whatever you can do as a one shot, like a mural, if you have a brick and mortar and you have space for it, making sure that you are creating something people want to take a photo of specific to your business because they will yeah. and they want to everybody's looking for easy content to put on their social media be that easy content mm -hmm. right there and then the other part of it is the loyalty part so loyalty systems there's people that'll say if you do discounts after a certain number if that works for you and your business model great for a lot of small business owners their margins are already so crunched that when you start discounting like that, you're doing your services at a consistent discount. And that usually isn't sustainable. So how can you create a feeling of loyalty without having to give away the entire farm for it? Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite avenues, the book, Seven Levels of Communication by Michael Mayer, it is more real estate focused, but there are great principles in there that are really implementable across all industries. Specifically, one of them he calls the great retrace. So how this works is if Abby refers you to Becky, you thank Abby for the referral to Becky. Becky refers you to Chad. Phenomenal. We thank Becky. Then we call Abby and say, Thank you so much for referring me to Becky. Becky actually referred me to Chad and I wouldn't have all this business if it weren't for you. Thank you so much. Chad refers you to David. You thank Chad, you thank Becky, you thank Abby. 
What mm -hmm. that does is it's free. It's a phone call or a text message at that point. It really doesn't matter. It's a simple thank you. If you want to go above and beyond, handwritten notes are always supreme. But when you do that, you're reminding each person that you're still in business, that you're still accepting referrals and new business, and you're genuinely thankful for them. They made a difference. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, you're creating a reminder that you are here, you're accepting it, you're excited, and now you're back at the top of their brain, right? Mm -hmm. And when you call them, you're not calling, asking for a sale, asking for a referral, asking for anything. You're just making a gratitude call to them. It leaves a better taste in their mouth. They're very excited about it. And it's easy for you to do, right? Like, again, the Minnesotans who like are actively avoiding having to do a lot of like mm -hmm. confrontational stuff. If I'm just calling them to thank them, that's a heck of a lot easier to pick up that phone and make that phone call. Mm -hmm. It gives you a reason. So great retrace is huge for me in lieu of like doing a discounted loyalty program. If you have a little extra in your margins, I would encourage you to do some sort of charitable contribution whether it's a flat dollar amount, it's a dollar per sale, or if your model makes more sense to do a percentage, do that. If it is volunteering your time, if you really don't have those margins, but you donate a certain amount of time on a consistent basis, I'm not a big one for doing things just for the sake of promoting it on social media. However, when you think about products like Tom's Shoes, Love Your Melon Hats. Like these are brands that have made a huge standing. Oh, what's those socks? Mm -hmm. Bomba socks where okay. they buy a pair and they donate a pair. Okay. That type of model where you are, you feel like you're doing good. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, let's be real. If all things being equal and yours is going to donate something, you win, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It also gives you a great, opportunity to send out a card. I'm a big fan of Thanksgiving cards mm -hmm. in addition to Christmas cards because nobody gets a Thanksgiving card. So what you're able to do then is say, thank you so much for your support this year. Because of you, my business was able to donate X. And again, it's from a place of gratitude. It's not from a place of asking or being boastful. Mm -hmm. We're simply thanking them for their contribution to your business. And in addition, by proxy, this donation to a charity. Mm. So I would say that's a large part is developing a brand that speaks mm -hmm. to your audience from where they're coming from. And then the third thing is breaking through the noise. So I mentioned this a little bit when we were talking about reviews, where you want to receive the reviews in the channels where people are going to search for you. Also important that you meet them where they're at. So creating a... YouTube channel is great for avenues to get information out, longer form videos, but what can you provide them that they are going to organically search for and then they find you? So if you are a mechanic, maybe it's something as simple as how to change windshield wipers. My cousin forgot to take the plastic part off and then we were wondering why they didn't work. Kind of an easy video for a mechanic to do but it still provides value. Mm -hmm. If you are a home inspector, 
Maybe you show how to change a furnace filter and how to know which way the arrow is supposed to point because sometimes it feels weird when there's just a lot of air in there. Mm -hmm. You don't know which way it's going. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you are fill in the blank industry, if there is something you can provide insight on, create the channel based on that. And that way you are coming from value. They find you, they seek you out. That's where TikTok and reels are becoming more advantageous as well is because it doesn't need to then be longer form. It's a two minute video instead mm -hmm. of a 10 minute video, which is sometimes less scary. And you can crop it on your phone and make it work for you. But always coming from the space of how do you break through the noise? We get a lot of emails. We now are getting solicited via text message on top of being solicited via phone. They are mirroring everybody's phone number very difficult to reach people where they're at. Maybe it's an event. Maybe it's a door knocking. Maybe you are leaving something by. Maybe it's a pop by. Whatever it needs to be for you and for your brand to break through the noise and to reach them where they're at, that's the other part that you got to work through as far as your personality style and your brand so that they're finding you because people are really over being sold to right now. Mm -hmm. been sold to for a lot of years and it's not working. And that's why a lot of television advertisements, billboards and radio advertisements have changed up the way they do it. It's not repeat the brand a million times, at least seven times within the ad and make sure that they remember your brand and they remember the sale. It's more about how can we help you? How can we come to you? Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of advertising on the large scale is changing. And it's important that on the small scale, we mirror that as well, because that's obviously what the market wants. Mm -hmm. That would be mm -hmm. the three. So that yeah, was, you did. You, you, I, I feel like you did four, at least four. <laughs> I'm going through my notes. I'm like, oh, it's very relationship marketing. Um, my business coach mentor, she talks about relationship marketing. And for some people that just comes so easily and others don't even realize they're doing it. It comes that easily. I was, uh, it was, I actually was on a date with somebody and he was like, I, he commented like, you're everywhere. You, you're everywhere. Cause we are, we're good with our SEO and social media and all this stuff. And and I said, thank you. I, I work hard at that. Um, he goes, I, I just don't do that. I, you know, and he's been in business for way longer than I have. It's a family business. Um, I said, but it's working for you, you know, going on the golf course and, you know, hobnobbing with people and being out in your community, that's working for you. So that's awesome. And honestly, I, I like that as well. Like I'm, we're all doing our own thing. Um, as far as what you said, you know, the reviews and using that I'm, there's a whole bunch of things there, brand development. I loved what you stand for and who you are. And you're not just this service that you offer. You have values, core values in your business that need to be rippled in how you present your business. So when I'm out with my kiddos and volunteering, yes, I have my dancing hat on. I'm always wearing my ball cap, yeah. but people see me out and about and and just that's how I promote my business just by being out in the community because those are my people so the cheapest billboard you can get right honestly. yeah I get a shirt get a hat get something and mm -hmm. just represent your brand absolutely that's a huge way to do it mm -hmm. instead of spending extra on all the other stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because like you said you're out you're doing it anyway so just yeah. be intentional about okay if you're going to be out volunteering anyway or out doing something, if it makes sense, you know, do that. So 
This is really, really good. Okay. So just now you're a visibility, you help people with their marketing and uh, coming up with a game plan for people. So who are your target? Who are the people that you help? So that if somebody's listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I need to send, or I need to look at Jill's stuff. Yeah. So I would say that the best client for me, and as I mentioned, regardless of industry, is that person that is kind of hit a plateau on the way that they're developing their business. What got them here won't get them there. Great book, by the way. Mm -hmm. But what you need to develop from there is a better marketing plan. Maybe you're right on the cusp of hiring out for marketing. Maybe you're right on the cusp of hiring somebody and you have a lot of different things for them to do. One of the, one of my favorite things that I do is an iteration of what I used to do with the realtors and I call it my marketing reno. And so it is a four hour whiteboard session where we sit down and we lay out your goals, what you're spending your money on, where your marketing dollars are going and how to be better with that money, how to make it work for you and develop those lead generation strategies. And the best part about that for somebody who's kind of hit that plateau or they're ready to go to that next level is that I give you a plan that your admin staff can implement, your virtual assistant, your whomever you have helping you with absolutely no marketing experience is able to then implement that strategy, giving you a full-time hire without really having to pay for it, which Mm -hmm. is great. It's a very cost-effective way to kind of help you bridge the gap until you can hire a full-time person for marketing. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy that one. I like going through everything with them and helping to figure that out. I've got one uh, this week with somebody who's branching out into a whole new realm. And I'm very excited. (laughs) Very fun. Very fun. That would be fun just to um, go through everything and because we have similar businesses. So how can people best get a hold of you? Yeah. So I would say, um, Social media, by and large, sometimes that gets difficult, though, with the way that Instagram will block certain messages until I get them approved, and that just gets weird. So I would say email, as far as business goes, is always the best way to get a hold of me. So jill at bee-memorable.com. So jill at bee-memorable.com. My website is bee-memorable.com. All of those avenues are likely the best way Mm -hmm. for you to break through the noise on my business side and make sure that I don't miss it. Awesome. Awesome. Two questions real quick. So you're a business owner. What is your number one visibility strategy right now? I would say my number one is networking groups that kind of knock off BNIs, but the avenues or the chambers, I like face-to-face. I like being present there. Um, and that's less scary for me than some of the other avenues of getting my business out. And um, so I would say that's definitely been the most advantageous part for me as well is getting to a lot of different groups and being able to mingle in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're looking for a speaker, she did a great job y'all. So, um, connect with her. Um, she just gave us a little snippet today, but if you can, if you're needing a speaker, check her out. And now Jill, what is saving you? What is saving you right now? What are you, what's love? What are you loving right now? I would say walking outside, like finally being able to be outside in the sunshine. Literally yesterday, um, I low-key kind of forced my boyfriend into three walks yesterday. And he's like, seriously? I took three as well. (laughs) (laughs) And then we did one in the, at like lunchtime. And then we did one in the evening. So we walked like eight and a half miles yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is the best. 
Yeah. He's like, you are exhausting. (laughs) Makes me so happy. I love being in the sunshine. I love getting out and walking. I love getting the heck out of here while we can. Right. Amen. So it's not designed for that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's hysterical. I did three walks as well yesterday. I was pretty proud of myself. That's so funny. (laughs) Awesome. Jill, thank you so much for your time and sharing your expertise and wisdom. I appreciate you so much. And we will have all this in the show notes. So everybody, if you enjoyed this episode, please screenshot it, put it on your stories, tag both Jill and I, so we can connect with you. And um, if you enjoyed the show, leave an honest rating and review on iTunes. That is the best way for other people to find out about brick and mortar visibility. All right, everybody, have a great week. We will see you here same time, same place next week. Peace. Bye-bye. Oh, my gosh, you're still here. You are such a rebel woman. I have to meet you. Come on over to the Rebel Women Tribe on Facebook, created for brick-and-mortar business owners just like you. In this group, we empower, encourage, and support each other. And every week, I come in and share with you a tip, tool, or strategy that I'm learning in my brick-and-mortar business to help you in yours. And you guys, this is the real stuff, the nitty gritty in real time of what's going on. So come on over to the Rebel Women Tribe on Facebook. I can't wait to meet you.